Hi, I'm Julie. And I'm Lisa. And together we are Two Sober Chicks. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. We love to do this so much, but sometimes we find it hard to find time to get together. So they've been a little bit uh, sparse lately. We do apologize. But, um, you know, there are like over 70 or so to listen Mm -hmm. to, so you can go back and catch an old episode. We do appreciate you hanging in. We do. And we also... In our absolute... Um, silence. The great absolute <laughs> silence. And we also appreciate all of your emails that you send us. And we've been getting some really uh, amazing emails, great feedback. Um, I mean, I say great because it's always good. <laughs> so far, knock on wood, we haven't had... So far, no hate mail. No hate mail. And no dick pics. Thanks. I appreciate that. We really love that that's not happening. That's like my big fear that we're going to get a dick pic because Julie puts her face out there sometimes on social media and I'm like, great. (laughs) Now we're going to get dick pics. Well, we could send something equally as offensive right back. That's right. And don't worry. Julie has already made a plan. She watched some comedian and she's ready for you. I already know the disgusting thing I will send back to you (laughs) if you send me one of those pictures. So... Dick pics aside, welcome to Two Sober Chicks, where we talk about everything, well, basically that crosses our mind, comes in our little brain and out our mouths. Um, We like to talk about all things recovery. We are both members of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we both pretty much uh, believe that that is what helped us get sober and stay sober today and live better, more spiritual lives. Don't need my glasses on. We are unfiltered and we have to remind anyone who's listening. Our little disclaimer is that we only represent ourselves and that's it. Julie's going through a seminary, which is a new change in her life. And one of her big fears, which we talked about on one of our podcasts, was she was worried that someone uh, might hear her on this religious power (laughs) on this (laughs) podcast where she, you know, talks about jumping the fence and she swears and she curses like a motherfucker. Yeah. And that it would ruin things for her. But you had a great discussion with discussion with my mentor. Yeah. And the more I talk to, um, the Christians that are coming into my life through seminary that, hold any kind of position of power or prestige or even if they don't um my preconceived notions of what a christian is is being blown out of the water because all of these people that i'm getting to know and that i'm getting close to whether it's professors um or pastors or just students no one fucking cares right like i'm not offending anyone small potatoes no one's gonna be like oh you said what you know what? It also actually ties in nicely with our topic of conversation today. Yes, it does. Nice segue. You have experience in this, don't you? <laughs> because, well, you were talking about that just a little while ago. And then I was talking about, you know, through the work that I've done, through the work that I do, my job, um, I had to get used to people saying horrible things to me day in and day out. And at first it would crush me and I'd come home and I'd be like, why are people so mean? You know, I'm just a human being. I'm doing a job. Can't they see that? Can't they see past the clothing I'm wearing and like see me for a human being? Some days I just stay absolutely completely quiet and let people scream at me and I do not say a word. And in my head, I am thinking, who raised you to think that this type of behavior is in any way acceptable? Yeah, I agree. How could you possibly talk to another human being in this fashion and hope to get anywhere? Yeah. Positive. (laughs) Because yeah. this is what you're getting. You're getting a blank, 
a blank stare. Like, do you ever look at people and as they're cursing and yelling and saying horrible things to you, do you ever have expressions on your face like, oh, wow, okay, oh, yeah, <laughs> interesting, never thought about that, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, do you ever do that? Well, you're mm. probably asking for a punch in the face if you do that. Yeah, I try to keep that inner monologue uh, pretty, you know, So you just look the at them until they're done and then go, okay, thanks for your time, and then yeah. just walk away? No, sometimes I don't even say thanks for your time. And just walk away. And just walk away. That's just, terrible. I'm um, sorry you have yeah. to deal with that. We're done here. That's my catchphrase. <laughs> okay, uh, I think we're, we're done good. here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't talk with people who are arguing. But So that used to bother me. And then, uh, so the opinions of others. We talked about this. And how did we get yes. on this topic the other day? Beca- well, the other day... Um, we were talking in our group, group, Sister Polo, and you were talking about your challenges with your old issues of childhood and other things about worrying about people liking or not liking you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, trying to get, um, growing up, always trying to uh, get my mother's attention and to be good enough, feeling like I was never good enough. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, then I'm now I'm gay, and I go through school, and I'm different than everybody else. And uh, so then again, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel like I fit in. And uh, it's like this big secret I carried for a while before I actually came out, uh, which is a wonderful experience. The dogs are crying again. There's, they feel your sadness. <laughs> they, want in, they want in the podcast, always. Yeah. They have to be in the podcast. Um, and then what came up the other day? We were talking about something. and Oh, just um, I'd gone for a, a fitness test. That's it. And I didn't pass. I'm sorry. And that's okay. Um, and I was, I. it's funny because I went into the test actually thinking, you're not going to pass. You haven't practiced. <laughs> you just started working out. And uh, you did this test. But what I was upset about was that people at work found out. And so when I went back, they were all nosy. They want to know. They want to know if you passed. And and in my thinking, I said to my wife later, I'm like, you know, obviously if I passed, I'd come back and I'd be super excited and I would have shared it with everybody. But there was a reason why I told no one because it was mine and I didn't feel like discussing it. And then it just brought me right back. I'm 49 years of age and I still care what people think. No matter how hard I try not to care what people think, it still affects me. And even when I think, oh, I've got this, I don't care what people think, (laughs) every now and again, something like that will just trigger me and and then I'll spend time thinking about it. And then I get to the question of why do I care? Why does it matter what other people think of me? Um, Especially what helped me with the job was these are opinions of strangers and they don't matter to me. So that really helped when I finally could wrap my head around that. Like, why am I letting this affect me? Why am I letting these people hurt my feelings when um, they don't know who I am and the things they're saying about me are not at all true. So, okay. Well, I think you care because you're human. I don't know anybody that really categorically does not care what other people think about them. We all do in some way. Maybe some of us are more sensitive than others. So what work have, um, we were going to talk about some work that we've done around this issue, and there was a listener email that yeah, sparked so sparkle. this topic. Yeah, so Sparkle. Sparked this topic. I feel like we should have a sound effect, like when we say Sparkle, we should have like tinkling chimes I'll or work something. on that. Um, sparkle emailed us because she also talked about having a lot of fear, like fear of people not liking her, um, especially now that she's sober, and yeah. that's a problem. 
What? Because she knew. Children? <laughs> she Sorry, knew. the dogs are clicking around. Um, <laughs> They're loose. And so it's less scary for her to isolate, which is true for so many of us, right? I like isolating too because I don't have to deal with anyone. Right. Um, but it, it brings us down a deep, dark hole as an addict because our addiction loves isolation because it gets us in a corner and gets a hold of us yeah. and we can't get out. My brain, uh, my my sponsor always says, I have a brain that likes to think and a disease that likes to think it can kill me and then still live on and drink and party when I'm mm-hmm. gone. And so in isolation, that's when it can get really bad for an alcoholic because your brain will tell you things that are untrue. It will lie to you. And that's why we need other people to check in with, especially yeah. other sober people. That's why I need a sponsor. I always say my sponsor is the person who I need to check my thinking with. Because my sponsor is a really great True. mirror because he's been there and he's going to say, yeah, my brain does that too. Or I've thought like that too, but guess what? That's self-centered. That's self-seeking. Yeah. Um, maybe you need to be more grateful. My wife was saying that just today. Maybe you need to focus on a gratitude list. And would you like to know what my response was, kids? It was, fuck that gratitude list. Didn't feel like doing that gratitude list right now. Yeah. But I'll do it later because I know I must. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, uh, asking so what okay so someone doesn't like you so what like addressing it instead of avoiding the issue like oh my god what if what if what if okay what if someone doesn't like you I know lots of people that don't like me oh well does it affect my life I know it's shocking Lisa (laughs) made a big face it's shocking well and I was just thinking it's so unrealistic of us too to expect that everyone will like us. Yeah, do we like everyone? Right. Ellen DeGeneres, very popular. Um, I don't like Oprah. You don't like Oprah. Oprah, one of the most popular talk show hosts of all time. And I remember you telling me that you hated Oprah. I was like, what? Yeah. No one hates Oprah. But yes, they do. Some Not, not all of us are for everybody. Right. Yeah. It's fine. And it's okay. But we yeah. have to learn ways to deal with it other than the ways that we used to deal with it. So how I used to deal with rejection would be to drink heavily Mm -hmm. or to do drugs. And that also, what I felt, it gave me courage to go out and meet people. So what do you do now um, without that liquid or that, you know, drug courage? Speaking of drinking, Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shot of courage, liquid courage. Yeah. You just get used to doing things not drunk and not high. And the best place to do it is in our fellowship. Because we get used to meeting new people not drunk in a safe environment. And that goes a long way. Like you have anxiety. My wife has anxiety. I don't know what that's like. But I've I've met a lot of people in AA who have severe anxiety. And then you guys are told to go, go greet people at the door. I can only imagine what fucking terror that must send somebody with anxiety, especially social anxiety. Yeah. You know, through this ultimate terror, you have to go and, and, and shake hands of total strangers or say hi. Now, I was just angry. I didn't want to shake your hand because I didn't want to fucking know you. So, okay, I'll stand at the door and I'm like, hello, welcome to AA. And I had my hands in my pockets. Like, I'm not fucking shaking your hand. I also used to stand at St. Clement's. Remember this? In the beginning, I'd stand at St. Clement's when people would hold hands at the end. I'm like, I'm not fucking holding your hands. I didn't know you then. Yeah, I don't know where those hands have been. <laughs> I'm going to lick my hand next time I have to hold your hand in an AA meeting at our home See, group. See, and now my hands are going back in my pockets again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think we expect that once we're not afraid, that's when we can go out and start doing things. No. It's like once 
once I come to terms with the fact that no one, as someone might not like me, then I can go out and make new friends. And it's like, that's the opposite way to do it. Like push through the fear, go to a meeting, introduce yourself. If you get rejected, okay. Then you move on to the next person. That person doesn't like you, go on to the next person. Like we'll get over it. We're going to be fine. Fear has a way of lying to us. Like this is the worst possible thing that someone's not going to like me. And it's like, "Mm, not so much. Who cares? And if you develop, I think, that philosophy of um, maybe it's a good thing that that person in particular doesn't like you. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe you're being spared years of a horrible manipulative relationship with somebody, right? A lot of breakups are that way. Like, thank God that person dubbed you because they were a horrible person. Yes. Yeah. And you would not have been able to break up with them. Mm -hmm. So it's a blessing in disguise. Um, acting as if is another saying that you often hear in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, yeah, a lot of these things that I thought were dumb as fuck when I first came in are now things I love to love to spout because they actually work, you know, acting as if means I don't feel like going to a meeting. I probably need to go to a meeting. So I'm going to act as if I want to go and I'm going to go, um, Act as if I have the courage to go up and say hello to somebody when I don't. I remember being a newcomer and being having a huge chip on my shoulder and wondering why not everybody wanted to flock to me and talk to me. (laughs) What is wrong with these people? (laughs) Can't they see I've entered their room? Yes, I have needs. Why are they not being met? Um, But act as if I had to reach my hand out first, you know. And now we have wonderful relationships with lots of people in AA, but it has to start with you, Sparkle. Yes. I remember. Sparkle shine. I remember Beyonce saying something like when she started to come out with her alter ego, Sasha Fierce. Like as Beyonce, she couldn't do this, but she'd be like, what would Sasha Fierce do? Right. Mm -hmm. And so whenever she would come up against a challenge where she had to act maybe like a diva or act bigger than she was and she didn't feel it, she'd kind of step into this character role. Mm. So it can also be looked at as like, what would my best self do? Or what would my sober self do in this situation? Some of the bravest women I know are drag queens. Mm. And uh, <laughs> and they do a lot of... I remember a very dear friend of mine, he's in Vancouver now, um, and he dressed in drag all the time. It's, it's so not who he is today. He's like this muscle bodybuilding guy now today so he's completely done this flip but back then I used to say like you know um when you go out in public and you wear makeup like why why do you wear makeup and he's like you know people need to learn to accept me for who I am and I've accepted me for who I am so and I like makeup yeah so and he was very unapologetic about his presence and I learned a lot I learned a lot from him a lot of strength and a lot of courage yeah they're very fierce those drag queens they certainly are so oh my god it's pride month is it yes may june oh today's today today's may 31st but by the time this airs it'll probably be tomorrow so in june we'll be in june for sure in june yes well happy pride month thank you thank you very very exciting yes it is oh Oh my gosh it's time to end the show okay (laughs) we were just interrupted by our own intro okay Okay. I do love that intro so much. It's so good. Thank you. I love it. I guess that's it. I don't know how long we've talked, but... Okay. Are we? No, we don't have to end now. I can... Whatever. I can throw that in again. That was from <laughs> an old an old music bed, I guess. It popped up. Yeah. We just like it so much, we're playing it again. Um, 
but have we yeah we've talked a little bit about sparkle and we've talked about um making friends getting out of your fear you just have to act as if you just have to do it and the best place to practice is your aa home group no place safer yeah and you know it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen in the rooms of aa but you're i think as a person in recovery you're never more safe than when you're in one of Mm -hmm. those meetings find a good lgbtq friendly meeting and uh go up to some women and um you know say hello and say this is really hard for me Uh, you know it's amazing that saying about the truth can set you free if you go up and say this is really hard for me but a friend in aa told me that i need to act as if so i wanted to say hello even though i'm terrified yeah i i promise you the results will be miraculous to you yes at your next aa meeting and then write us and tell us all about it sparkle yes please all right all right well, this has been another fun podcast, at least for me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> for me as well. And for uh, Eddie too. Yes, and the dogs who are now finally free. I don't know if you can hear that. I don't know that. if people can hear yeah. those things. It's All great. right then. He's grunting Well, in thanks the for listening. We love you, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Send us an email, the number two, soberchicks at gmail.com. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. Until next time.